Coming up, one recruiting cycle comes to an end, but you know that the grind never stops on the trail. Some big names already coming off the board for Big Ten schools in the class of 2024. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We're going to start off our show today with a look at recruiting. The 2023 class getting wrapped up with National Signing Day last week. But that just means that we're moving on to 2024. And we've got big names that have been coming off and did come off the board in committing to Big Ten schools over the last week. So let's talk to John Garcia Jr., our recruiting experts on who those guys are and what the story is behind them. Because there's a little bit more than meets the eye with these in-state recruits making their commitments known here early in the cycle. You're tuned into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're joined by John Garcia, Jr., our recruiting expert, to let us know everything that you need to know in what's going on in the recruiting realm around the Big Ten on the football side of things. And he's brought to, of course, as always, by LinkedIn Jobs. If you want to find your next great candidate for your open position, just like Big Ten teams are finding their next great candidates for open positions on the field and recruiting, you can do it over at LinkedIn Jobs. Thanks, John, for joining us, as always, here on the program to talk a little bit with us. We had signing day last week, so we move on now already. Of course, teams have already been in the 2024 class and some big commitments coming in over the last week in the Big Ten. I want to start under center. Three-star commit, in-state commit, so maybe not the most eventful of recruiting processes to get A.J. Cerese over to Rutgers, but this is a quarterback. This is a guy who's now a Big Ten quarterback, so we got to talk about him. What do we know about what this guy can do, John, and who he is as a prospect? This is a point guard on the football field, Nate. This is a guy who has a quick trigger, very decisive quarterback, already comes from that uh, kind of modern scheme, right? Spread nature, get the ball out quickly uh, type of player uh, in the state of New Jersey, as you mentioned. And, and this looks like a nice high-profile win for the Scarlet Knights in the home state. These are the kind of battles you want to win, yes, but you want to win them early, right? Because now, especially at the quarterback position, not only do you hold off, you know, your kind of regional recruiting rivals in the Big Ten and otherwise like the Syracuse, but now you're also able to potentially develop this class of 2024. It, it hits different when you've got the quarterback on board early. And when it's a no-name, high-profile guy in the home state, it's much easier to, to recruit that region. You know, it's, it's, it's an extension of the coaching staff. There's no rules against quarterbacks recruiting other players. So naturally, in-state, easier to get back to, to Scataway and help uh, when, when those big junior days and spring practice weekends go down. So I like this get, and I like the timing of this get for Rutgers. But I like, I like the style of play. Quick trigger, very decisive, get the ball out right now type of player. No nonsense, very business-like, which obviously is, is a little bit reflectionary of New Jersey. Is that so obvious that it becomes a strategy at some point where teams will start looking for that quarterback that centerpiece of the class so early on to try and build around it 
Yeah, we, we see it across the country. I mean, yeah. usually the quarterback commitment window is between spring football and the start of the season. So May, June, July, we get a bunch of these huge high profile commitments coming down at the position. But for whatever reason, this class of 24 has been accelerated pretty much across the board. Uh, it started very late in, in the fall of 2022, and we've seen it continue right on into the new year. A lot of programs are trying to lock in that, that future face of the program, QB1, right now, even before that offseason blow-up period for a lot of these quarterbacks. I think uh, 15 to 20 have already come off the board in the class nationally, and a lot of them have in the last week or so. So, again, if you're Rutgers in, in this standpoint the timing is ideal because again not only do you lock in a quarterback early but now it helps you build the rest of that class and you can kind of move on because most teams are only going to take one quarterback per cycle so checking that box is a big one in most you mentioned delay in the class here at the start do you think that ends up having a ripple effect as we get into the summer the school season and things like that or do we end up getting back to normal maybe no, I, I think it stays accelerated. I think it's it's the domino effect, right? It puts pressure on those quarterbacks in tier two and tier three when the guys in tier one are already flying off the board. You know, DJ Lagway to Florida, Walker White just picked Auburn. Dylan Rayola was on board to Ohio State. He recently backed off of that verbal commitment. Other quarterbacks seeing these higher profile blue chippers flying off the board makes them say, hey, maybe I need to do this uh, a little bit sooner rather than later. So naturally, it, it's got that domino effect in accelerating things further as opposed to slowing it down. Could be an NIL thing, too. I mean, when you're talking about the highest of profile guys, they've got good reason to make commitments earlier now. So well, could I, I don't know, just myself thinking out loud while I'm talking. 100%. Can't, <laughs> John can't Garcia. Ignore it. Can't yeah, yeah. John Garcia Jr. here with us on Locked On Big Ten. I want to go over a couple of tight end commits in 2024 that end up at Wisconsin over the last week. And we were talking before we actually got on and started recording. In-state guys, high-profile guys, and guys with interesting stories, too. And you seemed a little bit surprised just with the talent that happens to be here in Wisconsin for the Badgers to get at this position this season. Yeah, with what we've seen from Luke Fickle early on, it's been, of course, attacking the portal but from a recruiting standpoint, a high school recruiting standpoint, it's been let's expand beyond that that Midwestern Big Ten footprint. But in the class of 24, there's a lot of close to home targets for the Badgers. And that's just not something we see every single cycle. And you mentioned it, two tight ends in state with with Big Ten power five bodies and skill sets. Uh, what, what a layup. What, a, what an advantageous situation for the Badgers. So, again, just like we talked about with Rutgers grabbing a quarterback close to home, getting these tight ends off the board quickly and almost back-to-back -back is ideal because you're probably going to move on from the tight end position. So you've locked up an entire position group uh, close to home. Uh, so I like both of these gets for Wisconsin. And inevitably, they kind of counterbalance each other a little bit. Rob Booker, taller, leaner, longer uh, of the two. Grant Seck, a little bit more compact and conventional. So Booker is your split amount. We'll see how he develops from a physical standpoint basketball player type of transitionary tight end and then sec very much a balanced great blocker but can still absolutely uh pick up yardage in chunks uh, in the passing game so i like both these guys for different reasons i think the floor of steck and the ceiling of booker is is pretty ideal for wisconsin to bring in and again especially when you can turn the page from an entire position with some targets within state lines pretty cool pretty cool to see that quick yeah, I didn't even mention the names off the top. Rob Booker, 
three-star in-state guy, Grant Stack, four-star in-state guy. And they also feed to the narrative of what we've started to hear about what Fickle's going to do to change this offense. It's been talked about how this could be a much different Wisconsin offense next season. There was a big quote from an anonymous Big Ten coach that was aggregated where they were saying, this is legit going to look seriously different from any Wisconsin offense you've seen in recent memory. Is the recruiting already starting to reflect his change and shift in what he wants to do here? Absolutely. Um, especially if you look at the transfer portal, uh, multiple QBs brought in, including Tanner Mordecai, who's coming from SMU, where, where that thing was humming in terms of volume, pace, all of the modern traits uh, that make some of these high power offenses go. Uh, T- Tanner's not going to leave that to, to go slow down and play a little bit more pro style. So I think Phil Longo coming over to, to Wisconsin is going to help uh, change the whole, the whole perception of offensive football. Uh, from a Wisconsin standpoint, and it was it wasn't just the quarterbacks. They've hit the receiver ranks very hard through the portal. A couple guys from Cincinnati, as you would have mentioned, but going out and getting guys from Oklahoma State and some other places that are known for throwing it around a little bit, I, I think does say a lot uh, about where this offense is going to go, and it'll be immediate. I think that's the biggest difference. It won't be this slow build, long term change. It's a day one type of change, and I think obviously spring ball starting up in a few weeks is going to be very important for implementation. Personnel-wise, uh, and, and with all those returning pass catchers Wisconsin's going to have, it's got to hit the ground running. And I think with Tanner Mordecai, it absolutely will. There's, there's not many QBs that are going to lace them up in, in 2023 that have more experience and or production next to their name than him. I know a lot of Badgers fans are definitely excited to see something a little bit different on offense. We'll see if Fickle can live up to the hype that he's building here in the first few months. One more name I want to get to you before we let you go, John. Jacob Bowden, four-star guy going to Michigan from Michigan. We're talking all in-state guys. Realize now here as we get to the end of it. (laughs) But this is a four-star guy in Michigan, going to Michigan, which isn't a huge surprise. Michigan gets four-star guys. It's an in-state guy. But this one, someone who is at least looking to play somewhere quickly, possibly, and on the defensive backfield there, it's looking like where he's going to end up for the Wolverines, you said, before we got going here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is another one of these high-profile, long, two-way players that's going to play in the secondary. We see that now every single year, and it's become the expectation um, with the Michigan Wolverines, and it just happens to be an in-stater on top of it. But you think of your DJ Turner, you think of your Will Johnsons this past year, Nick Bowden kind of fits that profile, 6'1", 185 pounds or so, very good high school receiver, but you just see that length of those ball skills translating over to the secondary. Again, we just talked about with Wisconsin opening things up, Rutgers getting a quarterback commitment who's very decisive, um, and Wisconsin getting towering tight ends. You need length and ball skills to combat some of those things. So Michigan just kind of rolling right along. They, they somehow do this, Nate, where it's like they're grabbing blue-chip players that are going to – project well from an athletic profile standpoint and they're developing them very quickly but they're still somewhat under the radar simultaneously even though they won the big 10 title the last couple of years and, and got that ohio state monkey off their back uh, on the field so it's really interesting to see how how michigan is kind of just maintained and developed even though they're not bringing in the number one recruiting classes and, and obviously uh you know going up against these goliaths uh, from a from a recruiting and, and talent acquisition standpoint. Michigan, again, keeping a kid close to home early on. Again, the timing of all of these really important 
to, to move on from these premium positions. But Jacob Odin, uh, again, a guy who's a long-term projection in the secondary, great ball skills, great length, another one of those Michigan secondary players that you could just see making an impact, um, you know, while he's still a teenager. In-state guys, not always the most exciting stories as far as how they got there. It could be as simple as just, hey, always been the Michigan fan or anything like that. But as John's always here to tell us, there's always a little bit more to it than just that. And the importance of these guys committing always just has a little bit more when you go a little bit more in depth. So we thank you for giving that side of things to us every time we have you on here, John. And we look forward to getting you back on soon as well. John Garcia Jr. brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Head on over to LinkedIn.com slash on to post your job for free. Thanks again, John. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you, as always, to John Garcia Jr. for joining us on the program. Always fun to have him on and pick his brain with all of that recruiting knowledge that he's got going on up there. We're going to continue on with Locked On Big Ten, get into some basketball talk here in just a minute. But first, FanDuel Sportsbook is the place to go, America's number one sportsbook for a good reason, and we're happy to say that it's now the official sports betting partner of Locked On, because it's the best place out there for any of your sports gambling needs. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on anything from the money line to point spreads or who will score a touchdown. And you can bet on Big Ten games too, of course, as the Big Ten season rolls on. We learn more and more about these teams. You're probably thinking, I know more about my team than the guys in Vegas do. Put it to the test. And put your money up on at FanDuel. Again, you can get yourself a no-risk, no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 if you go over to FanDuel.com slash locked on. There you can claim your no-sweat first bet. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook of the NFL. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. Now that you're done here with Locked On Big Ten, once you're done here with Locked On Big Ten, be sure to head over to Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus, hear from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. All right, let's move on to other Big Ten basketball news. We've got games to talk about from yesterday, a big one coming up here today. Let's dive into all of it. First off, Indiana, for the second time in the last few days, gets itself a ranked win at home. The Hoosiers at number 18 take down the newly ranked number 24 Rutgers Scarlet Knights, 66-60, to and do it with a lot of what we've been seeing in this hot run for the Hoosiers, namely Trace Jackson Davis just doing a little bit of everything. He finishes on the board with 20 points, 18 rebounds, surpasses 2,000 career points in this game as well. Good milestone for him, and of course, exclusive company when you're talking about Indiana players to do it. He did he did great. Miller Cop was great. He took advantage of opportunities. I was talking about how I was expecting Rutgers to maybe be a little bit more trouble on the outside. Just wasn't the case. They focused on the defense inside. Miller Cop opened up with 18 points, four of six from behind the arc, and he was a big part of the reason why the Hoosiers won this game. It was a rough scoring stretch in the second half that leads to a 66-60 final, and neither team hitting 70 points. 
There was a really weird stretch where Indiana's, I, I guess, defense, you could say, was good in Rutgers, too. You could say that there was just some not exactly outstanding shot quality being taken at some points in that stretch. But there was a bit of a drought there in which Indiana extended its lead and got a little bit more comfortable. But Hoosiers really could have taken the game away. Rutgers could have come back and been back in things as well, too. Just wasn't able to figure out on either side. I am all aboard the idea that Indiana is legit good now. Like legit, legit top 15 where they were in the preseason and where we thought they would be come right now. I'm confident in saying that they're back there. After you get these two wins at home, and after you put that on the back end of what has been a great stretch of not just winning basketball, but considerably improved basketball, a team that's doing the things that we talked about them needing to do to get better. They've been doing it. They've been getting to that point. And I'm ready to get to the point where I'm saying, okay, Indiana can go deep, deep in this tournament now. Like, I'm not ready to go top 10 team yet. But I, as I said it, this is like top 15 respect that they need to be having in the next AP poll. I was surprised they only moved up to 18 after beating Purdue. I would not be surprised, or I would be surprised if they don't take another jump at least three spots, if not more, in the next poll. Of course, they're not the only team there. Other teams are going to win and lose games. But I just think Indiana's at that point where they have deserved that respect now. The only thing that really, really stands out to me when I looked at the box scores, yes, Indiana shot better. There were other things Indiana out-rebounded. Those were Good spots, but the free throw line yet again, Indiana just dominating. Indiana makes 11 more free throws on 14 more attempts at the line. And when it's a six-point game, yeah, that's the difference maker. And Indiana has been killing it in that category in particular. And that's part of the reason why they're in just about all these games that they're winning. Moving on, the other game that I wanted to mention, of course, Michigan State against Maryland. Spartans hold on for a nice quality win, 63-58. to 58. A game of runs, if there has ever been one in the Big Ten. First 15 points of the game go Michigan State's way. Of course, if you're a Spartan basketball fan this season, you know that they had to make it at least a little bit tougher on you. So runs back and forth, let Maryland back in it, and then Michigan State pulls back away. Ends up being a five-point Michigan State win. Joey Hauser with 20, Tyson Walker with 17. And when it gets to Selection Sunday, that's going to be a big win for both of those for that Michigan State team to be able to have there on the resume nice little boost for them against another tournament team finally tonight big matchup on the bubble Penn State and Wisconsin the two teams that we've talked about in the last episode are the teams that are still right there but in a consensus across the board of when we've talked to different sources or looked at different sources these two teams both are on the outside looking in at the moment who can get the big bubble win that is going to be key, not only for where these two teams end up come after this game, as far as where the projections go, but we've talked about it before. On Selection Sunday, if it gets down to being as close as it is right now between Penn State and Wisconsin, and we're looking at one of these teams making it and one of them not, now you got that head-to-head -head win if you win this game tonight. Penn State, on the average of the four sources that we talked about before, CBS, ESPN, USA Today, and the team rankings, composite scores. We have right now, on an average, Wisconsin four and a half teams out of making that field of 68. Penn State seven teams out on average of making that field. We'll see what changes after whoever wins this game tonight. 
That's going to be a big one. Maybe the biggest game on the bubble that the Big Ten has had all season between the Badgers and the Nittany Lions. And of course, we'll recap it all here on Locked On Big Ten on tomorrow's show. Let's wrap things up today, though, with a look around Big Ten news. And we've got tons of news to get to, mainly in Player of the Week, and I'll zoom through those in a second. But first, some credit due over on the men's tennis courts. Ohio State is the number one team in men's tennis, according to the latest NCAA rankings. Also, Michigan clocks in at number four and Northwestern at number 22. I mentioned a lot of athletes of the week released today, so I'm just going to do a speed round here of all the biggest names you need to know. As far as men's tennis, Ohio State's James Trotter is the men's tennis athlete of the week. In men's swimming, Ben's Wiegand, Ben Wiegand of uh, Ben Wiegand is the men's swimming swimmer of the week. That's where I was trying to get to. Swimmer, not player. Swimmer of the week. Diver of the week is Wisconsin's Daniel Muller. In women's golf, Northwestern's Lauren Nugan is the athlete of the week, golfer of the week. And in women's swimming, Wisconsin's Mallory Jump is swimmer of the week. Penn State's Weiwei is diver of the week. Finally, in women's tennis, Ohio State sweeping the player of the week awards. Irina Cantos Seamers is the women's tennis player of the week. Finally, in the Super Bowl, I was going to look this up myself, but Yahoo did it for me, so good on them. Nine different Big Ten teams have at least one player with representation on a roster in the Super Bowl. Michigan leads the Big Ten with four players in the Super Bowl this season. Nebraska has three to come in second. Finally, an update from Joe Lenardi. It's like he was listening to our last episode. We took a composite ranking of his bracket, which is what we've used as the benchmark up until yesterday, and combined it with three other sources to try and get a feel on where everyone has the Big Ten teams. Purdue was a consensus number one seed across those four rankings, but they were not a consensus top seed. Lenardi, again, almost as if he was listening to the show, tweeted out yesterday a clarification on why exactly it is that he has Purdue at the top. Here's the tweet, and I quote, The Boilermakers clearly have the best NCAA tournament resume, but pollsters typically miss or ignore that on a week-to-week basis. The result is that, at least for now, there is true consensus on the nation's number one team. Enjoy it while it lasts, he says. So, the translation... Maybe not everybody week to week is putting Purdue at the top just because we're overanalyzing things. But when you step back, it's pretty clear right now, at least, Boilermakers have the best resume in the country, should be the top seed in that NCAA tournament. At least that's what Lenardi's on his soapbox saying. That'll just about do it for Locked On Big Ten today. Be sure to tune in next time. We'll recap that big game tonight, as well as another Big Ten basketball matchup we have here this evening, too, to get to. Not quite as pivotal, that battle there. But we'll get over all of it here on next time's Locked On Big Ten. Now that you're done with Locked On Big Ten, is your first listen, make your second listen Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Also available in those places, Locked On Big Ten, of course. Be sure to follow us along wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end when you're typing it out, not T-E-N. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports with Locked On.